My text this morning is in Psalm 103, Muffy's favorite psalm. In case you didn't know that, right Muffy? Yep, Psalm 103. And we'll look at this psalm this morning and be encouraged and be challenged and that may we, like David, walk out of this service this morning and just be awakened in our soul to praise God more and more. That's, I think, the desire that God has for us and that that's, that's my objective, my goal in sharing this message this morning. So let's read in Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And when I read that last phrase, that your youth is renewed like the eagles, I think of of Psalm 91, and I think of Isaiah also when he says that in chapter 40 that we're going to run, we won't faint, we're going to soar, we won't get, we're just going to, like eagles' wings, right? I think of those pictures and those scriptures as well uh, in the Word of God. This psalm, in Psalm 103, is a prayer by David, in which this is what he does. And we've mentioned this before in different studies and, as you know, in in, in sermons. But he talks to his own soul. It's one thing to talk to your body, and that's, you should, right? Get up. Get out of bed, right? You've got to do that every day. Sometimes, some of us have to do that, and sometimes we've got to shout to do that. But this is a prayer in which he talks to his own soul, and he reminds himself to bless the Lord and to not forget all the benefits. He's telling his soul. Why? Because our minds, they fail and they're quick to forget, especially when our minds wander to all the negative things, to all the things that aren't going right, to all the trials, to all the challenges, to all the pitfalls, to all the conflicts that we have in life, whatever it is, we can easily forget that we are to bless the Lord and our soul gets distracted by what the mind tells us and says, eh, just sit there and don't do anything. It's, you know, it's not, eh, it's tough. It's hard. It's impossible. And we start saying all these things, but he commands, if you will, he tells his soul to bless the Lord and to not forget, don't forget all the benefits that we have because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and the benefits He offers if you don't have one with Him. One of the truths about people, of which I am a people, a person, people, person, right, is that most of us are better at criticism than at praise. I know most of us don't want to admit that, but it's a truth. For most of us, whether it's others or ourselves, we are better at criticizing than praising. And I know, because I'm in that company, that we're really good at telling the Lord what we want him to do for us because we know what's best. And it's done oftentimes in a complaining way, isn't it? And that's why Psalm 103, I believe, can help us to see if you have this picture, I, Phil, Brother Phil was here the other week, and he was, he was flushing out our hot water um, tank, or whatever it's called, a tank in, the, in, the, in our kitchen, right? 
And you should do this every so often because if you don't, in the pipes, all the, the sediment of all the, the minerals and all the hard stuff builds up and it gets all scaled in there and it affects the water itself, but also how that, 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 that um, hot water tank performs in giving water. And so he was there for a whole hour and he was doing something. He was flushing the system. He was flushing it. He was running this, this thing through it that in the end made the water turn all green. And I learned something he was telling me because when it, when it interacted with the, 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 the solvent or the solution that was going through there, it took out all that hard, that iron, all the other hard minerals, and it, it turned green. It took it out of what was inside there. It purified it. And this bucket that had all this excess stuff was all green after it was going through there over and over again. You know what? That's what we need today with Psalm 103. We need to, how, with Psalm 103, we can see how we can flush out a complaining spirit or a negative spirit or a spirit that just doesn't see all the benefits that God has given us. And we can replace it with praise to the Lord. I guess some of you, do, we want that, don't we? We, we need that. I need that. That the Holy Spirit, that this Word would just flush that all out and we would praise God. And we can outline this psalm, Psalm 103. If we look at the entirety of the psalm, we can outline it into three parts. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to focus on the first part this morning. But in verses 1 to 5, David reviews and he looks at how merciful God is towards him and he's thankful to God for that. How merciful God is in verses 1 to 5. And then... Because it's this personal view and perspective he has in the first five verses. In verses 6 to 18, if you look in the Bible, you'll see that David reviews how merciful, and he explains and describes how merciful God is to Israel, the nation of Israel, his people, of which David is a part of. So there's the personal, down there's the national, and David's part of that. And then the last few verses, verses 19 to 22, David calls all created things to praise the Lord. There's a universal call of why God should be praised and we should be and that God ultimately is merciful to all of creation. He is. Because if He wasn't merciful, we'd be in trouble right now. And He's still gracious and He he calls all created beings to praise the Lord. But today, let's focus on verses 1 to 5. David begins by calling us to a wholehearted, intentional praise of God. Let all that is within me praise His holy name. Forget not all of His benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And so, David declares five blessed benefits, if I, and that's what he's really doing here, of the Lord that we must not forget. Not now, not tomorrow, not ever. And we've got to remind ourselves, here's the first benefit we have in relationship with the Lord Jesus that we have, and that God gives us because of the Lord Jesus, you know, as New Testament believers, amen? The first benefit that we have is forgiveness. And I, when I say forgiveness, I mean a once and for all forgiveness, right? That is, that is good for all time. And God does that when he, when he pardons our sins and He forgives us our iniquities. When, he, he, when he, he overlooks them and wipes them away, actually, because of what Jesus did. And we just celebrated and we, we partook in the Lord's Supper, remembering that Jesus shed blood cleanses us. Who forgives all your iniquity, David says, and reminds us that God, that God forgives 
All of it. All of it. It's not a surprise that he starts here. Why? Because this is the foundation for everything else. The foundation for everything else that we praise God for. Our greatest problem is the guilt that we feel because of our sin. And our greatest need is to know forgiveness for the Lord. Because without it, wow. Note that David says that God forgives, as I've said, all our iniquity. All of it. It's good news, isn't it? Amen? It, it really is. Some of us, some of us have really, I said us, because that's us, all of us. Some of us have really blown it big time in our, in our lives, haven't we? And we've messed up even over and over again. We've sinned over and over again in our lives. We've done the same dumb things repeatedly, even after promising to never do them again careful what you promise i'm glad that the word all is included because it means that god intends to forgive my future sins in fact he already has i don't get it but he does think about that remember remember this when christ died according to scriptures and paul talks about this in romans 5 and throughout his epistles and throughout all the new testament when christ died all our sins were in the future amen that is an absolute truth you cannot change it no matter how hard you try you can convince yourselves, that's a terrible thing to convince yourself that it's not true of that anyway, but Christ died. When He died on the cross, all our sins were in the future. He died for all of them, according to Romans chapter 5. And when we come to Christ, all our sins are forgiven, even the yet-to-be-committed sins. Let me just, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And I will only follow it in saying this because the Apostle Paul did this in chapter 6 of Romans. After saying that Christ died when all our sins were still future, he said something. Does that mean that you could do whatever you want and just sin whenever you want? He says, absolutely not. That's not what that means. So I remind you of that. Those aren't my words. That's a truth that's biblical coming from, the, the, uh, the, 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 from God Himself through the, through the writing of Paul, the Apostle Paul. And listen, so all the ones that will yet be committed, Christ will forgive us. He forgives us. Ones, think about this, ones that would shock us if we knew about them right now. That's amazing mercy, grace, amazing forgiveness. Forgiveness that covers it all even before it happened. We, we have the weak, and there's no way that we can possibly understand what that means as human beings and how God does that. That I have, that I have the capacity, ability to forgive anything. Anything that you will do, I already forgive you. Sorry, I'm not God, as you know. What a God we serve that He would forgive us. What grace that is. He forgives all our sins, past, present, and future. And He is able to forgive. He's ready to forgive. And I also believe that He wants to forgive you. You know that passage in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9? 
Again, this is not, some, not something new, and I've said this, Pastor, we've all said, you've heard this many times. But 1 John 1, 9 is written to an audience of believers, right? But it says there in verse 9 that, that if we confess our sins, that God is what? He is faithful and He's just. He's just because Jesus died for all our future sins when He died. He is just, and He will forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you know what's happening there? It's a picture of what Phil was doing last week in our kitchen when he was flushing that hot water heater. It's a picture of what dialysis is when we flush all the toxins in our blood. And then when someone has to go on that, when our kidneys are not functioning properly. And the Greek word, actually, we get our word catharsis from that. There's a cleansing that comes. And it's a picture, I've said this before and I'll say it again, that forgiveness is simply available to us as soon as we confess. And as long as we stay connected to Jesus, right? Amen? And we tap in. And if we go on, sorry for the, the picture, but on that spiritual dialysis machine, we will be cleansed every time it's guaranteed. Confess it. The way you confess it is you say, man, I, I'm a sinner. There's iniquity in my heart, my life. And I go to Him, and I hook up to Him again, all over again, because sin separates us, and I connect to Him. And all of a sudden, ooh, that purity starts going through my, my spiritual blood, if you will, right? And I'm getting cleansed, and I'm getting purified, and He wipes. He does an amazing job to purify us. And guess what? Just like physical dialysis, we need spiritual dialysis all the time. And thank God that that dialysis, we can't break that machine because God died for all our sins, past, present, and future. And you can't break down His filter of sin that cleanses us. can't do it. Amen? That is an amazing benefit that we should praise God for. Every single day, we should be praised for our forgiveness. And in connection to that, our salvation. Amen? Secondly, we have this benefit that we have where, where God heals us. Who heals all your diseases. Now listen, let me just... Doctors and nurses do all that they can. Amen? They do. They do all that they can. And we use all the latest technology and we take the newest drugs. <coughs> Excuse me. Taking a deep breath there. But healing must come from the Lord. Now hear me out, all right? That's why we pray for the sick. Do you pray for the sick? That's why we pray for the sick. Because healing comes from the Lord. They may be healed by medicine or by surgery or by some other course of treatment, or they, might, or they may find healing through prayer or by a miracle from the Lord. All of those things are absolutely possible and they are not mutually exclusive. If you are sick and you are now healthy, give thanks to the Lord. It's a benefit. There is healing. There is recovery. There is cure. God does that. If, you're, if your cancer is in remission, give thanks to the Lord. If you nearly died after an accident but somehow survived, give thanks to the Lord. If you, you fill in the blank and you're still here and you're all right, and you're, give thanks to the Lord. And remember that any healing in this life is limited and temporary. Oh, we love it and I want it and we enjoy that. Amen? Praise God. And we ask for it. But it's limited and temporary. Why? Because we're not going to live forever. 
Our ultimate healing comes when we are raised immortal and incorruptible. And, and, and listen, that resurrection day, it's going to be happy. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. And Jesus, when Jesus comes, and Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 4, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then we go and meet them, it's going to be something amazing. And you know what? We're going to have these new bodies. We're going to be new. We're going to, it's, I, I don't know. And then at last, we will be totally, completely, and finally healed once and for all. Can't you thank God for that now already? Even when your bum knee is crying out to you every single day, you can still thank God. You can ask Him for healing, and you should, and you should believe it. But you're thanking God that you know one day, no matter what, you're getting not a replacement knee, but a new knee. Amen? Praise God for that. Listen, between now and then, as I said, give thanks for the Lord for every bit of healing that you experience. If you took an aspirin, and now the headache is gone. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name, Jesus. If you took an aspirin and the headache didn't go away. If you took an aspirin and the headache didn't go away, then you asked the Lord to take it away and it went away. You get the picture. Good medicine and good prayer go together. They can. People say, and you've heard this expression, and people have asked the question, they've asked me, and you probably asked, and people ask the question, do you believe in divine healing? Yes. Yes. You know why? You know why I believe in divine healing? Because that's the only kind there is. It is. It is, and I walk believing that. I'm not asking like, well, I don't know if you can, God, I don't know if you won't. I'm believing God, He can't. And then when it, it comes from God. It all comes from God. It's the only kind there is. Even when there's doctors involved. Even when there's medicine involved. Even when none of that is involved, and it truly is a supernatural, divine miracle, as we call it. And there are those as well. It just comes in many different varieties, but it's divine healing. We have healing available to us that God gives us because of our covenant with Him that, he's, and he, that He initiated and now that we have with Him. Amen? Praise the Lord. He is ours, we are His, and we have benefits. And so we tell our soul, bless the Lord. All that is within me. Don't forget His benefits, that He forgives, that He heals. And thirdly, He's the one who redeems your life from the pit. Redeems your life from the pit. There is deliverance that is a benefit that we have with God. He is the ultimate deliverer. He is the only God that can and is able to get you out of anything. And ultimately, when this expression is used here, when there's this life from the pit, it's a picture of dead. It means of death. And to redeem means to rescue from danger and time of trouble, whether you're enslaved or whether you're left for dead. The pit refers to death itself. That's what it means. And this benefit might be hard to grasp, so let me share it this way. Think of the odometer in your automobile. Think of the thousands of miles you've driven with no accident. And this is the sad fact. And yet the fact remains that every day people die on the highway. 
but you're not killed when you could have been. God has preserved you for this moment and has protected you every step of the journey. He has delivered you from that. How many close calls have you had in your life and you thought, wow, if that was just two inches closer, I'd be a goner. Right? God delivers you from death itself. Not just spiritual death, but even physical death over and over and over again. By the way, nothing can happen. The thing attached, the truth attached to this benefit and what David is saying here and why his soul should praise the Lord is that nothing can happen in your life without God's permission. Can't. You can only, you can only, if I can go to the end, you can only die one way. I'm not here to be morbid and whatever, but And since all your days are written in God's book in Psalm 139 and verse 16, and He knows how our earthly journey will end, we don't have to live in fear of the future. He already knows. We ought to live life, and I don't mean this carelessly, but we ought to live this life with no care for how or when we are going to die. Think about people who are consumed with that concept. They're not living. They're not living. They're not living. And they're not enjoying the benefits that God has to offer. Every day the Lord rescues us in a million ways that we don't see or aren't even aware of. His angels encamp around us to deliver us from trouble. And when the time comes, when our last day on earth is here, it will come. So often we're too flippant about God's protection, right? As if we're in charge of everything. It's all God who is delivering us and protecting us that goes along with that deliverance. What happened today? Nothing. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's your protection. It's your, it's your deliverance from what could have been. I mean, and I was there. Thank you, Lord. Think of what didn't happen I can make a long list. You know, given our world now and, it's, and, and, and how it's always been, but how it's being intensified. But, you know, no one robbed you. No one shot you. You weren't fired. Your arthritis didn't flare up today. Or if it did, you made it through the day. If a truck didn't hit you, a truck didn't hit you, right? You weren't rear-ended. Hallelujah. No one scammed you on the Internet, though some people might have tried, right? And you avoided that. Your identity wasn't stolen, as far as you know. But, you know, it wasn't stolen, right? But, but you're thanking God, right? Your wife still loves you. Husbands, amen, praise the Lord. Your husband is still happy to see you, wives. Amen. Right? You don't have... This, the list can go on and on and on. You've got your health and, 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 and whatever there is of it, but you've got your health, your friends, and again, not to be funny, most of them anyway, right? And, and, and your money, maybe not as much as three months ago or a year ago because inflation is really low right now and you're not broke, but you thank God, you... I can go on and on. I can keep going. The list is on. Think of all the bad things that could have happened to you today that didn't. It's God's delivering power and His protection. They go together. The fact that you think nothing happened today means that God has been doing His job. (laughs) Because He's a covenant-keeping God. And one of his benefits that we have, and we tell our soul to remember and not forget it, is that God is our protector and our deliverer. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Someone I read 
last week. Someone, someone calls what's going on here with this, this, this picture I'm giving you. Someone calls this the doctrine of perpetual preservation. It means that while we are, we are on this earth with all its dangers and troubles that are around us and that we experience, to clear the way ahead, God is working constantly behind the scenes to protect us from the trouble and to clear the way ahead of us and to give us strength for every single day. That's God's working. That perpetual preservation. It's all His grace, all His power. It's the benefit of His preservation and the preservation of His people in particular. Fourthly, the fourth benefit is that we are crowned with steadfast love and mercy. I don't know how to say this except to say it in my terms and very simply. You're special to God. You're valuable to God. So much so that when you become a child of His, you become royalty. You are the son and actually the brother and friend of King Jesus. Not even that, but the King of Kings, the God of the universe, who is the sovereign over everything and all. The older translations say, like the New American Standard others say, that He crowns us with loving kindness. I remind you again, and I've done this over and over throughout the years, but the Hebrew word there is hesed. And hesed, we can't get an exact uh, translation into English, into an English word of what this word means, but what it simply means is that God is this personal God who is covenant-keeping, who will continue to keep heaping his loving kindness on you no matter what because he's a covenant-keeping God who is personal. That's, that's how I can summarize it. And if I, I, I don't know how else to add to that. That's, that's what it means. That's what it is. It's that loving kindness that will never run out. It's that loyal, unending, unchanging love of God towards you. Think about that. It's amazing. And he keeps on pouring and building up his blessings. And actually, what, it's almost a picture of him taking it all into a huge pile. Here's my blessing. Here's another one. And the pile gets super huge. And he takes it all, and then he just dumps it on you. That's what it's like. And that's what He does for those who are His every single day. And so we say to our soul, praise the Lord. Give Him glory. Don't forget all the benefits you have because He crowns you. And you're not, just a, you're not a nobody. You're not just a nobody, if you will. God cares for you. And He's put this crown on you to be of steadfast love and mercy, and mercy upon you. What an amazing thing that is. He, he crowns us with tender mercies. Why doesn't He say tender justice? There's nothing really tender about justice. <laughs> mercy implies failure and defeat. And tender mercy means that He knows that what we are going through and He meets us where we are. If we were to receive what we truly deserve from God... We would stand no chance. We have no shot. But instead of justice, God gives us tender mercy and justice was satisfied when Jesus died for us and it's tied into that forgiveness and salvation that we have. The crown reminds us of our position as the children of God. Even that crown of steadfast love and mercy that God keeps crowning us with. Listen, 
Does anybody know? <laughs> I'm laughing because. Does anybody know a diva? I knew you'd. I knew. I knew you'd laugh, right? Does anybody know a diva? Is anybody here a diva? No one's gonna say yes. Right? What? What is? How would you summarize? How would you describe a diva? A diva is somebody. It, where the world revolves around him, that, that person. That's what a diva is. Right? Okay, I'm going to move on. Um, the world revolves around you. Who's the king? He's the one that crowns you in the first place and makes you what you are, and yet you think that you're, you're the diva in his kingdom or the... Well, anyway. You, no! It doesn't work that way. All the praise goes to God, not to you, and it doesn't go by how you want it. It's not under your control. It's under his control, and it's not on your terms. It's his terms. Listen, the world revolves around, and it revolves because of God. It's all about him. And that crown reminds us of our position as the children of God, that we need His love, we need His mercy, that should keep us humble and that should keep us praising and thanking. For that benefit, that that love and mercy keeps being poured out. And even when we kick and scream and whine because we're, we're little divas in our own mind wanting everything to revolve around our world, He says, I'm still going to love you and be merciful. And you'll learn, I'll teach you, you'll get there. In our day... There's not many of them, but uh, in our day, only kings and queens wear crowns, like literal ones. But it is the privilege of every Christian to be crowned with loving kindness and the tender mercy of God. I don't know. This just means a lot to me. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, Peter said that we're a chosen generation, but he said that we're a royal priesthood. We're a royal priesthood. We become part of the royal family when we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, believe on Him and what He did for us, and we're part of that family of God. And now the benefit is that when we know the Lord in that covenantal relationship, we commit ourselves to Him and we surrender to Him, and He is Lord of our life, He crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. We are crowned. Finally and lastly, we are satisfied. There is a... Natalie! The benefit, my voice caused her to trip. The, a benefit we have is that we have satisfaction. The Bible says, who satisfies you, if you read your text, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The text says that he satisfies you with good. That means there is nothing on earth that can satisfy us deeply except God himself. The good, the good, in verse 5, comes from God. Not from anything we see around us. One translation says, it's a New Living Translation, says, He fills my life with good things. Which, by the way, is true enough, but that might leave a false impression that God promises certain material benefits. He never does that. Money, or status, or promotion, or some sort of earthly prosperity if we only serve Him. It's not always true. But the emphasis is not on what we possess, but on what possesses us. 
That's the important thing. For us to understand what it is to be satisfied and have true satisfaction. No, I'm not hearkening back and some of you are thinking about, I can't get no satisfaction. Some of you are thinking that in your head. We can in Jesus. To be satisfied, think about this. To be satisfied means to be so full that you need nothing else. It's what happens at the end of Thanksgiving dinner when you simply cannot eat anything else. Because if you do, you'll choke yourself. You've had two helpings of everything, and even though there's more food on the table, you can't eat any of it at all. No way, no how. If you're hungry, to be full like that is a wonderful sensation, isn't it? It is. And then you fall asleep, right? But it, 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 I have to admit, it feels good. Right? You're so full. It's almost it's amazing. But that satisfaction eventually wears off, and you have to eat again two hours later all the leftovers until you can't eat again. Right? To be satisfied means to be so full that you need nothing else. Now, let me just share this with you. Next Sunday, and it's a big thing in our culture, as you know, and I, 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 I'm, I like sports, but Super Bowl Sunday is next week. All right? I want to share with you a story. In the early 1970s, the Dallas Cowboys, Cohen, it's his favorite team. He had no idea I was sharing this. The Dallas Cowboys had a running back named Dwayne Thomas. Some of you may remember that. That was a couple, that was three years before I was born. And he was known to be somewhat unpredictable. Things he said, things he did. Anyway, one year the Cowboys made it to the Super Bowl when he was playing. During the lead up to the big game, the Super Bowl, right? Someone asked him, a, a reporter or someone, somebody asked Dwayne Thomas what he thought about playing in the ultimate game. That's what they call it. The Super Bowl. I mean, it's it, right? You play for that. It's the ultimate game, the Super Bowl. And he replied with an answer that might have come right out of the book of Ecclesiastes. This is what he said. These are his words. If this game is the ultimate game, why do they play it again next year? We have, oh, I'll stop for making the commentary. Thank God Tom Brady retired. Because you know what? He can't get no satisfaction. No, I mean seriously. And you know what? He thought that he could keep, it, it's, you can't satisfy without God. That is how it is with everything the world offers. We are here today, we're gone tomorrow. Right? God says to His fading, if I could put it this way, frail and even perishing children, because we're not going to live here forever, I will give you whatever you need so you can soar like the eagle. That's an awesome, that's an awesome picture. All of us need this. I need it. I know I need it. You know you need it. We need to be satisfied by Him. No one else, nothing else. We've got to be so full of Him that we keep going back to Him and He's a well that will never run dry and we can't, we can't exhaust what He has to offer us. There is a way to renew yourself, to renew your energy and even your outlook and your attitude. It's better than 
aerobics or CrossFit gyms in the area or, or, or spin whatever they do now. And everybody's all about all the working out and whatever. And this, I, it's good for you. It's great. You should exercise. It's an important thing in your, for your health. Okay? You're not going to get satisfaction in that. Because you can exercise like crazy. And then when you turn 60, you'll never know you exercised in the first place. Come on, I'm speaking the truth, man. Come on, I'm speaking the truth. 95% of the time. You can go ahead and, and, and listen, th- it, th- this way to be satisfied is better than, than, it's cheaper than the health food that some of you buy. It's quicker than dieting. And it's way less strenuous and more exciting than jogging. What is, what is this miracle cure? What, what is this? This satisfaction, this cure for, for being dissatisfied. Fill your life with God's good gifts for you, starting with Jesus and His salvation. If you will let Him, the Lord will give you something the world cannot match, I assure you, I promise you. The result, if I could say it, will be immortal youth. You will have energy spiritually. You will go on like the youth in your spirit. No matter what's happening to your body and in your circumstances, you will carry on. You will be satisfied. I read an article this past week, and we're coming to a close. Maybe some of you read it. I forgot. He was some kind of a tech guy or biotech uh, uh, expert. He was a young guy. And he is spending over $2 million a year to turn back the clock with a special diet and medicine and treatments and lo- whatever, all, like all kinds of stuff, right? And he looked younger than his age, I have to admit, right? How long will that last? I don't know, but not forever. He's not going to look 24 forever. He's not. And he spent all this time, money, and energy, and he wants to turn back the clock, and he'll never find it in the end. It'll come to a certain point because it's not to be found, and he won't be satisfied and feel like he's going to live forever because it can't be found in this world apart from God. God says, I want to satisfy you. Now, you know what? Don't get all upset. And don't be all bent out of shape because all of a sudden you think I'm going into a me-centered, I kind of gospel. You know what? Read the Psalms and you will find the word I and me thousands of times. Because David was a child of God and he knew the benefits he had just like you and I had. I'm yours, God. I want, I need, it's for you. You're the only one. I need you, God. It keeps going back to God. It's me, but it's God, and I need God. And the focus is always on God, going back to his forgiveness from the first benefit and his salvation. He will satisfy you, not with gold, but with good. Not with the material things, and you might have those, but with good. All the things that you can't have, it'll be good inside of you physically, but spiritually you'll have it in your heart of hearts. Not the things that are today and tomorrow it's gone. And listen, He's going to give you what's permanent, eternal, and ever-increasing in value. Oh, we have the riches of Christ. We have access to that. Paul writes in his epistles. And there's, all, there's so much riches in Christ that we have available at our disposal. And Peter says in his first chapter that God has given us everything we need to live, to live life and to be godly in this world. Everything. We can be satisfied. As I close, I repeat the benefits we have in the Lord so that we might, so that we might wake up our souls to praise the Lord, 
to be alive to the benefits that are around us and that we have every day and receive and enjoy every day. And we would praise God. We have forgiveness. We have healing. We have deliverance. We have crowning. We are, we are crowned with loving kindness and steadfast love and, and His mercy. And we have soul satisfaction. Today and always, may we see God in everything and everywhere. Understand that the circumstances are the fingerprints of God in our lives. And help us to, I pray that God would help us to see Him in the best and worst that life has to offer because it's not always beautiful in our eyes. All while praising Him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget His benefits. Please note, please note, and don't forget this as you walk out, that there are two kinds of people in the world. Those who dwell on what they want and those who dwell on what they have. I'll be a little more specific as Christians. You could be somebody who dwells on what they want or even as a Christian, or you could be someone who dwells on who they have. Do you have Jesus? Do you have Jesus? Does He have you? And if so, then continue to praise Him for not just these five benefits that David gives us, but for all the benefits that come along with those benefits. Or, it may be time for some of you or some of us to stop dwelling on what you don't have And remind yourself of all that you do have in Christ. Your world will change. Maybe it's that time. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So that you could know for yourselves, not about, but know for yourself these benefits that God offers. Starting with forgiveness. There's that simple classic line, and this isn't a formula, but listen, you have to acknowledge, you have to admit, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. And then you go to God and you say, I believe that Jesus is the only one who died for my sins and could satisfy uh, your wrath and and the price that was on my head, if you will, because of my sin and because I'm destined to damnation. Jesus paid that price. And so you say, God, I believe that. And I thank you. And I receive his forgiveness. And then commit your life to him as Lord and Savior. And say, Lord, I believe that not only you are my Savior, you are my Lord. And I'm going to live your way. And when I live your way, I will know these benefits ever increasingly in my life. I'm not in control. You're in control, Lord. I give you my life. He'll come in. And you'll begin to experience these benefits in a powerful way. If that's you, would you do that? Just call out to God in your own way, in your own heart. That's between you and God. You've got to believe on Him. But you can follow some of those things I said and share those with God. Confess your sin. Admit that you need Him. Receive His salvation and forgiveness. And then commit your life to Him. And He'll be with you till the end. Amen?